0: My name is Ben Beard, and I own Redcliffe Homes in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I'm searching for the top tips and tricks of the trade from experts in the construction industry. Welcome to the Ben Beard Show. Our guest today is Bill Ryman with R.K. Ryman. was <laughs> worried I was mixing those letters up. R.K. Ryman Construction in South Florida, and also host of the... Uh, the Real Build Podcast.
1: Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Bill was uh, generous enough to invite me to be a bit, be a guest on his podcast a few weeks ago. And, and uh, so now to, to show up and, and be a guest on, on my show here. So Bill, I'm, I'm grateful and excited. Last time I, we talked, I did most of the talking. So I'm excited to hear more of your story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I was happy to have you on mine. Glad to return the favor. This is always fun. So, uh, yeah, ready to, ready to do this. Talk some construction with you and, uh, you're wearing some crazy times right now. with as far as construction. So looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. We were just talking pre-show. You mentioned some projects being delayed and you said something about birds causing a delay on a project.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our our lovely burrowing owls down, down we do a lot of our, primarily our, uh, we build on Marco Island, Marco Island, Florida, uh, Naples area also, but we have a lot of homes going up on Marco Island and there's a bird down there. It's a, called a burrowing owl. And um, those basically we have to wait until they are done nesting because they nest on empty lots. So usually we ha- we have two jobs right now that Both have burrowing owls that one of them had their babies and the babies are gone and so are the owls. So once basically the the whole thing is it delays the project. We've had permit ready on one of them for probably three months now and haven't been able to break ground uh just because of the birds so yeah we, it's it's one of those obstacles that you kind of you know there's nothing you can really do about it but once they go away you got to get a permit to re- remove actually it's not really remove the nest because the birds are gone because mm-hmm. uh, what they actually do is they nest in the sand because we have sand down here and we don't really have dirt so they actually build their nest and burrow into the sand and, and have their eggs in the sand. So the actually you get a permit, an environmentalist goes out, checks the burrow, makes sure there's no owls there, and then basically shovels dirt over the nest and the <laughs> homeowner gets to pay about $2,000 for it. So <laughs> Wow.
0: That's a delay I've never heard of. So how do do you determine, I mean, is that part of your site analysis you have to do is to investigate whether they're nested on your lot before you
1: yeah, start? Yeah, it's a pre-permit thing, but they also have people that actually go around, and this is what they actually do, and they do this voluntarily too. It's not a paid position. They actually go around and monitor the owls throughout the, the island. So they actually check all the empty lots, they drive around constantly, and then they will actually put in stakes, pound in stakes, so the birds can stand on the stakes, and then they rope off uh, where the actual nest are gonna be. So if that happens on a lot, we are not allowed to touch it until that, because you can't disrupt the nest. If they are in the swale, I, it used to be, I haven't dealt with this in a while, it used to be we were able to move forward with construction because they're off to the side, but I think they X and got rid of it because I think there was builders causing disturbances. That's kind of risky too. So, I mean, it's being environmentally friendly, which is it's fine, and I'm cool with that, obviously. It's just it delays the project, especially when you want to get yeah. things moving, uh, you know, keep everything consistent. And we're, we're, we're probably like yourself, I don't like, especially in the custom home world with how long it takes us down here to build, uh, you don't want them piling up. Because you want every yeah. kind of, I like to have it in all the like an assembly line. Same with my brother, to where everything is kind of flowing. Where we get our subcontractors on each and every job at a certain point. But this is kind of causing a little bit of a pile up because they're all paused and delayed. And I got others in for permits, so that's my luck. That's how it always works out. You know, they all pile oh. up at once. So,
0: <laughs> well, right now, I mean, that could be really a very difficult challenge because if you can't start for three months, I mean, your lumber budget from three months ago is a dream today.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lumber was high three months ago. We were a cost plus builder. We okay. always have been even before the craziness with all the materials and everything. And I always kind of set that expectation up front. And tell people, you know, I don't know where co- costs can fluctuate. I mean, you know, they all are—they all go into custom homes, knowing what's going on with the market. You know, mm-hmm. they have a good idea. They. But I also honor current lumber prices. I'm constantly checking with my guys because I have that trust with the subcontractors where they're going to be like, hey, man, lumber's gone down 20%, which actually just happened on a house I bid for trusses. Uh, he said there was a 20% decrease in the truss prices because of lumber reduction. So, oh. um, you know, it's it was a good thing. They're very honest. They're very, and I always ask them to, I monitor it. I keep constantly asking them. Cause I mean, that's pe- part of people's worries with building in general. It's just, especially with a new, with like new builders and so on, it's, it, you gotta, you gotta check your subs. It, it's, you gotta keep them in check and how you can do, how I usually do that is I'll bid others to just keep my guys honest. obviously I like using who I use. You got that trust with them. But a lot of our guys, you know, we pay them, we pay them right away. They want to keep our business. They don't want to screw us. We've been working with a lot of them for a long time. You kind of build that relationship with the owners of the companies too. And they know, they know you're watching it too after a while. Cause I nitpick at them all the time. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I, I kind of
0: threw us off on a, on a tangent there for a minute, but, uh, t- tell me a little bit about yourself, your business, how long you've been doing it and
1: yeah, uh, we were established probably over 25 years ago. It's family owned, operated. My dad actually started the company. Me and my brother, since we were little kids, we've been working for my dad. Uh, we were laborers uh, our mm-hmm. whole lives, digging ditches, you name it, we did it. Sweeping job sites, picking up trash. Uh, I always jokingly say my dad used to just find random stuff for me to do all the time. Like we we use obviously build with cement block down here. Cinder block. So he, I remember he'd have me pick up block from one pile on the side of a job site and move it to the other side of the job site now I notice how pointless that actually is because those guys put that block there for a reason. So I'm just moving it from point A to point B and it was pointless to do. And I realized now that he just was finding something for me to do that was hard. (laughs) So, (laughs) but I was always that guy, we were never handed anything. We, we still to this day are not handed anything. Um, you know, we, we, me and my brother work very hard. We have a very Good, big time respect for the company and, and the construction business in general. We've been taught that you know to do it the right way. Uh, just be honest with people too throughout the process, because there's so many people in our in you know going to build a house that they've been screwed some way somehow. How and that one it only takes one time for them, and it's always in the back of their head going into their next project, or they're just hesitant to build in general. I mean, we as we as builders you, you kind of people go into a, you know, builders that have a bad rap. I mean, there's been a lot of builders over the years that have just done dirty business. And I see it in our area. I'm sure you see it in your area constantly to where you just, you see they come and go. That's what they're about. They, the times are good like this. They're here now. They're trying to take on as many jobs as they want. Right. When things hit the fan, they're gone and they take every, Time with them and then people are scrambling trying to sue them and so on so it's just uh grew up in it and and have a big time respect for it we i've been in it my whole life and and now we've i've kind of established the company into more of a luxury brand more of a high-end builder all we're really touching now is 3,500 square feet all the way. I got a house coming up that's about 8,000 square feet, and it's just all customization, complete custom. We work with a giant decorating firm out of West Palm Beach. Uh, They're doing probably five of our projects. Shout out to Decorators Unlimited. Uh, But it's been a very good partnership between full-on design to finish product turnkey. And that's kind of how we're establishing ourselves with clients now. Okay, cool.
0: That's awesome. So how did you, I mean, growing it. you grew up in it. Was it always what you wanted to do? Did you ever have a period where you said, yeah, this is not what I want? (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely. Many, many, many times. Uh, It's especially being the labor. uh, It's just my dad worked me, worked us very hard and we didn't get paid a lot. Let's put it that way. So I over over my lifetime, I went in different businesses, did different jobs and so on to make a little bit more cash. Uh, So I kind of tried getting away from the business and then i'd always be end up back in it some way and i was always end up back in working for him. And, you know, I learned a lot over the years and, and doing that, obviously I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm very grateful for everything that my dad put me through. And I, cause like I said, big time respect for it. But yeah, to answer your question, there was many times that, uh, I always say it's kind of a love hate thing with construction for me. You know, I used to, I used to hate it. Uh, cause you know, I was always out, especially working here in Florida, it's hot. And I was yeah. always outside, sweating, digging d- random ditches that, you know, that stuff that, you know, you just find stuff for us to do, doing touch-ups, doing, putting on door handles of doors, hanging doors, trim, doing everything. But I learned it. That's how I learned the business. I actually swung yeah. a hammer. I didn't just, I'm not just one of the per- people that kind of just went to college for it. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But I actually learned the trade by doing, the actually being involved in it my whole entire life. Yeah. And, um, so yeah now i love it i i have a big passion for it my favorite part of it is you know being in the design phase of it everybody kind of like trust my opinion they know i see this stuff every single day i i help people every day with it and then watching the, the product take shape too is you know and seeing an end product and we're very picky too so that's another thing that we, we are constantly doing punch out stuff and nitpicking and everything. So our subs sometimes aren't too fond of us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right on. Well, what do you do
0: outside of uh custom home building?
1: Um yeah outside of it I mean I I started to, like to get my money. I do real estate too so I'm a real estate broker I've been licensed for about 10 years now it kind of goes hand in hand with building um, mm-hmm. got my license and and I so I do a lot of real estate stuff on the side uh, primary focus is obviously on the building end. So real estate's more of a side business helping people. I, I got a client now I do some showings and so on. Sell a lot of dirt to people too, because I know what goes into it prior to construction. So people really like that aspect. Cause there's a lot of elements here down in Southwest Florida that people should look for, and especially on water lots. So, um, not a lot of realtors know the same stuff I do. So that's a plus, too. And um, I do home watch. I have about 10 houses that I watch for people very seasonal down here. So six months out of the year, uh, watching a home or going around every Saturday. I drive around to all 10 houses and walk through them, check everything, make sure everything's running okay and uh also i do i have a sports card business which i started um that's kind of my getaway from everything besides doing a podcast too. see like i i have that entrepreneur mindset i guess where i always think i don't do enough so i'm very hard on myself (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm always dabbling in things but i always keep my mind on my main focus which is the construction business but the sports card business that I started was kind of a little side hustle slash hobby of mine that turned into a business. And I just enjoy it. It's kind of my getaway at nighttime, you know, huh. a girlfriend goes to bed. I got you no, know, nobody's around me. I come in here. What If I'm not editing video or anything, I just, I got a s- stack of cards right here that I, it's, you know, it's just, I kind of go through them, sort through them and, sell them on ebay i have an ebay shop and very high rated ebay shop too customer service number one (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome wow you got a lot of stuff going on yeah yeah i mean i enjoy it man i like i like to keep myself busy i i just that's just the way i've always been i i I don't know what it is it's just how I am I like I said I guess it's being that kind of driven entrepreneur mindset I just I don't like to sit around I don't like to waste time uh I'm not one to sit and watch, you know, movies all night, stuff like that. I don't have kids yet. I plan on having kids. So that gives me a little bit more time. So respect all you guys out there with kids. You know, I know that'll change a few things, um, when I'm, when I do have some kids, but you know, now I'm just trying to just get as much done, accomplish as much as I can and keep pushing ahead as much as I can as well. Awesome.
0: So what does your role look like in your company today?
1: Uh, run, run the business along with my brother. Uh, we both, and my sister's actually with us too. She's doing our billing. And then my girlfriend's actually with us now. She's doing all our selections. And then, like I said, I'm going to hire a friend of mine. Very, very tight niche team. That's what I'm trying to build. Uh, Along with my brother. And so me and my brother work very well. My brother's, a lot of the stuff he does is on-site supervision. Uh, He's always done that. And then I handle everything day-to-day, inside, customers, uh, make sure everything in the office is running correct. I also handle all the warranty stuff. I handle, um, you know, watch the books, basically do all our sales uh, end of things, too, And it's just customer, I do all the plans, the design, set that up as well. So that's kind of my angle. I'm good with the people and talking and dealing with them. And my brothers, we're polar opposites, so that's why we work. He'd rather deal with the subcontractors, the schedule, and all that. And it works very, very well. And I'm very happy to be working with them. Yeah, that's a great, great fit. I was was curious how that
0: works, you know, working with family. Mm Mm-hmm. definitely some good things about it, I'm sure, but some challenging things.
1: It always is. I mean, my dad's not as involved anymore. He's pulled back quite a bit. That was a little, you know, me and my dad are the same person. So that was, you know, more challenging uh, because he, it was always his way and that was it. But now he's given us kind of more freedom. And my brother. And me, we've always gotten along growing up. We always really got along. We only, I only remember a handful of fights between us two. But I think being polar opposite really helps us. And um, we have a lot of respect for each other's opinions and what we should be doing and so on. My brother asks me a lot. I ask him. I always run stuff by him. I don't just, you know, I don't just say this is the way it is. Um, he has a trust in me, too, that I'm making right decisions, fire hiring people, and so on as well. But, no, it works well. Uh, me and my sister are more alike, so we can butt heads here and there. But she, I, there's no better place, or no better person, I should say, to handle the money in the company then a family and a sibling so she handles all that that's what she likes to do and then like i said working with my girlfriend uh who obviously she's not going anywhere but um it, you know she's very good with people and this position we had somebody there for eight years they just recently uh quit or retired i should say but um so this position opened up for our selections and helping customers in that aspect. And she was perfect for the role. So, uh, right. we work very well together as well. And so it's, it's a very team oriented thing. I'm trying to keep it that way. Uh, you know, it's, I got to hire a couple other people coming up here too. And, you know, being an Arte, you kind of, I've learned a lot as far as hiring and, and, you know, having kind of, you know, people in that team format as well. So I got to, it's, it should be interesting coming up, doing some new hires that are going to be outside of family. Yeah. I mean, we've done it in the past plenty of times and they've worked with us for a long time, but I'm trying to really restructure the company to where it is more like everybody that comes in like a first form. I mean, I went to the Arte event uh, in St. Louis and going through first form to open up my eyes quite a bit. I mean, he's got core values on every single wall in that building and how everything operates, and people all feel like they're part of something. So it's really building a brand and a company into that. Now, who, who is that you said? Uh, and it's Andy Frisilla. It's actually part of the Arte group, the Arte syndicate group that I'm in. It's, it's, um, I mean, there. It's a big entrepreneur group, uh, and he actually runs it too. Um, and uh, it's—I've been a part of this group for about probably three years now, and it's all entrepreneurs, like-minded, so on. There's a lot of construction guys in the group too. But Andy Frasilla, Ed Milet, is another guy that actually runs the, the group as well, and. It's just all positive mindset, all positive, like how how we can make our companies even better, our structures, our core, and just build something that's bigger. And we work on brand. We work on everything per- from personal to company related as well, too. And it's helped my business tremendously as well, too. So it's it's been a big, big part of what I do. And now I'm trying to really after I went to the actual art taste, there was an event we had recently in St. Louis where I went to this event and they had speakers there and so on, but it was at Andy Frasilla's uh, his headquarters, which was first form, which was a supplement company, but it's, yeah, it's a 200,000 square foot building that he just built six months ago and he's already outgrown it. So, I mean, that's how fast his company is going and, it's all about company culture, you know, it, like that company runs itself just because he's made it, everybody feel like they're a part of that family, you know, and I actually asked him about building it and what he's done and so on. And he said, I don't run any of the social media. Everybody in this building runs the social media. They're all, you know, they're all for the brand. They're all for the company and the growth of it. And they want to see us move. And he goes, we already we're built. We're going to be building another building. just warehousing and then our warehouse which was like i don't even know the thing was massive because that's all going to be offices so yeah 350 employees there now plus and then soon to be probably 500 employees so it's crazy that's cool so how has continuing education impacted your career um that's part of it what i just said i mean that's kind of my continuing education i do a lot of personal growth a lot of personal development stuff um you know i try and work more on myself because that comes with building a company as well so i've been doing that quite a bit and like arte has been a big part i'm part of some construction groups too online you know that i have some friends that were in that group that i'm in the arte Syndicate as well and um so i've i've been working on personal development which kind of goes with building the company and how if i'm not operating at my full potential the company's not going to operate at its full potential as well yeah. so i've lo- i personally learned that too and you know and continually educating yourself too i mean i i really self-educate myself i'm very into what trends are happening design so on i'm always looking for what's next and trying to be ahead of the game as well too i mean like i said my customers ask my opinion on certain things all the time Uh, i i've podcast my podcast i have a lot of designers on my podcast i'm constantly interviewing them but i'm also listening to them and educating myself as i'm interviewing these people as well so i mean having a podcast in general that helps uh, because you're talking to different people that are in the business, and you're learning from them and how they do it, as you know. So yeah. that's been a big part of you know self, just educating myself as well. And I mean, you have being out in the field, like seeing I, the building where I'm at, and it's it's all block, it's concrete, a lot of structural work. Uh, it hasn't really changed. It's more the interior stuff and stuff going inside that really is Mm -hmm. what's changing i know you guys are more are doing more stick built stuff so modular everything like that you have an opportunity there we don't have an opportunity with modular because it's hard to do that with concrete block so (laughs) i'm sure there's development in the future i mean there's stuff coming out with drywall and all this different you know people are always trying to find an easier way to get things done so i'm sure there's a lot coming here yeah. in the near future especially with the supply shortage i'm sure there's going to be a lot of different ideas for new materials coming out as well yeah yeah we certainly need some some innovation what uh, what led you to start
0: the podcast
1: um I, being back at the back goes back to Arte Syndicate the group that I'm in once again there's quite a few guys that were doing them I've always intrigued by them I listened to them uh you know I was always kind of just I was uh, I became a one podcast when I first caught on to podcasts. it's really all I was listening to I wasn't really listening to radio shows or anything like that and music and I mean music here and there obviously but I was very into podcasting and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So then I knew I met some guys that were doing them. I asked them about them and they're like, yeah, just give it a shot. Come up with that concept and an idea. And I kind of researched construction, real estate, blended, uh, blended podcast. And I, I, found out there really wasn't one that was directed more towards the client. There was a lot of real estate podcasts that was directed towards helping realtors and there was a lot of contractor ones helping contractors learn how to build houses, so on contractor school stuff. So I was like, nobody's really kind of out there trying to show people what to look for in these industries. And they're such big industries. Well, why not do that? So I started the real build uh probably two and a half years ago. I mean time's flying, two and a half years ago, I think now. Been very consistent. It's been weekly. Uh, it's it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I've actually contemplated starting another podcast, but like I said, there's there's probably there's only one of me. So and I just enjoy it. I enjoy the connections with it that I've made. Uh, I'm probably not doing the promotional stuff as well as I should be, but like, once goes back to there's only one of me, and you know, yeah. I could I could easily probably sub the thing out to somebody and have them do all my promotional[s] and all that kind of stuff, but. I'm doing it for free. I don't, I don't want to make money off of it. It's not something that I've really I planned on from the beginning. I was doing it more as a thing to help me and help customers and just meet people too and network. And it's really done that. I've met some amazing people through the platform, like through the podcasting platform, met you. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't be sitting here probably if I didn't invite you to have, be on my show and And it's just been, it's been awesome. Uh, I look forward to it every week. I've missed, like I said, I think I missed, I don't know, four or five weeks here and there because of random stuff, but I try and stay as consistent as possible. having a little hiccup now because i switched my category on my podcast so now it's not showing up on itunes for some reason which is the biggest headache ever but uh (laughs) you know other than that it's it's been fun and and i've learned a lot had a lot of cool people on it and i really enjoy it
0: yeah that's that's awesome uh well bill what do you see are the biggest challenges facing the construction industry today
1: uh, well, you know, this one material uh, that's, yeah. yeah, today is material and then costs constantly going rising up to, I mean, you don't really see it on the news talked about so much, but we see it as construction in the construction business more than anything because costs are constantly going up. I mean, I'm getting a, I'm getting an email probably once a week, um, you know, probably cabinets have increased or floorings increased or plumbing fixtures or there's just something going up. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big issue. Uh, and then also supply getting actually getting the material to uh, obviously appliances are coming in staggered now. Plumbing fixtures their do- windows and doors. I just got an email yesterday saying there's delay. So we have to order earlier on those. So it's really pivoting in the business to try and get ahead of it you know and that's going to be a challenge because we're so used to everything coming in at a certain time but now we're going to have to order earlier have to figure out when and how and you know to keep these things going because if the houses aren't moving we're not making money yeah yeah well
0: uh what do you see conversely are the biggest opportunities for the industry today
1: uh opportunities i mean i'd I'd hope more people would be like you're doing and i I got a lot of respect for what you're doing is the younger generation i mean there's such a need for more employees and there's so much opportunity in this business for people to work their way up and make good money too, a lot better money than they would coming out of college and to a corporation and being in massive debt. So I'm a big advocate on what you're doing with getting the business, getting construction tech class back in schools and just pushing the younger generation to actually working with their hands and not you know, obviously, they're working with their hands a different way on computers these days. So, yeah. you know, it's I'm I'm a big advocate on what you're doing. I got a big respect for what you're doing when you talked about it on my show. You know, because it, it's needed. We need the younger younger people to want to take on more construction jobs because there's so much opportunity and so much possibility of money that they can make and they don't even know this too because they're being promoted to go to college and go for a corporation job where they're going to struggle because they're paying off the debt so yeah. you know that's that's one thing too i see opportunity is for younger generation hopefully coming up here in the near future because we need it i mean not everybody's busy in our trades uh we need labor we need help and uh that's going to be an avenue, hopefully, that people choose to go. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Well,
0: Bill, how do you see the industry changing over the next 10 to 15 years?
1: I think it's going to get better as far as materials. They're going to come up with new new ways to actually build timeframes. They'll probably get better as well. I mean, I got a friend... Uh, that I know, he's he's in drywall. He owns a large drywall company in St. Louis, Weiss Drywall, um, and he's come. He's developed easier faster processes to hang drywall and frame. And he's also he's in the works on some other stuff too. But you know, there's there's people coming up with new stuff every day. There's a lot of uh, smart people in this business that are coming up with better ways to get stuff done faster and more efficient but not lose the quality yeah. of it you know that's that's huge i think we'll see more of that and especially with what's coming uh like i said whenever there is a problem or a slowdown or something you know in the business uh it causes people to figure out new ways to you know come up with new resources as well so i see that is a big, big plus probably coming up here in the future. Yeah. Awesome. What is the best piece of
0: advice that you've ever received professionally?
1: Um, challenge yourself, uh, constantly challenge yourself, push yourself. Don't live, you know, don't live in the past. Keep pushing, looking forward to, but you know, one more, always do one more of everything. Push yourself as much as possible, and what I mean by one more, you know, uh, Ed Milet was, you know, he always he has the one more model to where it's like, you know, if you're at the gym, one more rep, one more set. Uh, If you're reading a book, one more page. Uh, If you're doing emails, one more email, one more phone call at the office to a potential client. By doing one more, which a lot of people aren't willing to do that's going to set you ahead and farther apart than everybody else. If yeah. not a lot of people are willing to do one more, if you think about it too, I mean, you kind of, everybody has a number in their head. They tap out after one, you know, after a certain amount. But if you actually tell yourself, okay, well, how about one more call? Or how about one more conversation with somebody today? Or how about I wave at one more person that changes a lot of things. It's very powerful. So that was mm-hmm probably one of the biggest things i got a lot of them but that was huge yeah that's awesome so not not one more than expected or one more than the
0: quota but just let me do one more right now yeah and then the yeah one
1: more and everything i mean even in life in general it's just you know push yourself not a lot of people are willing to push they're willing to just settle and settle for kind of just that average of comfort and so on i mean like you like I told you I'm doing all these different things yeah it sounds nuts to a lot of people but to me it's it's gotten normal it's become something that I do like yeah. last night I was like all right I'm going to I'm going to list 10 listings on eBay I list I I ended up listing 11 you know so it's just always trying to push myself to do something more and it, and it will change your life I mean a lot of people just They don't think that way, unfortunately, but when you start thinking that way, you'll start seeing things change tremendously in life, business, whatever you do, it's, it's huge.
0: Yeah.
1: That's great. Well, who have you learned the most from throughout your career? Uh, I'd say my dad, uh, my dad has been probably obviously number one role model in my life. I have a lot of mentors now and so on, but my dad's taught me, you know, everything from business to life in general, uh, you know, ups, downs, everything he's, uh, he's seen it. He's seen seen me go through it, let me go through it. So it's, it's, he's been the biggest mentor to me out of everybody for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, Bill, if you could go back to your your first day as a kid on a job site with your dad, what uh, what kind of advice would you give yourself?
1: Um, not tell him no. I don't want to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> that used to always be one of the worst things I could do because he would. Yeah, he'd be pretty upset about it. I mean, it, no. I mean, I'd I'd probably not be so resilient to learn more i mean as a kid your friends are all going out and so on and you're you're and a lot of the time and people know this who know me i had to be at work i mean i was a football player even after football practice i had to go to work on on the weekends and so on while friends were going to the beach or hanging out having fun i did i was always that Person that my dad's like. All right, I need you to work. I need your help. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I wish younger I would have obviously pushed more to you know. Not I learned. I've learned a lot over the years, but I wish I would have just you know started working hard. harder I mean, earlier just got my real estate license or at an earlier age and made more money at an earlier age, but I wouldn't be where I am today. So, I mean, that's kind of hard to even say, uh, cause a lot of the lessons that are a lot of the things that happened in my life happened for a reason. I'm a big advocate on that and it's put me to where I am today and the person I am today. So, but yeah, I mean, it's looking back. I mean, I, if I would have been, more in, involved. I, have always been a big part of the business, but if I would have been willing to learn more instead of just been like, oh, I got to go do this again, but you're a kid. I mean, that comes yeah. natural. i mean I mean, I'm going to have kids one day and they're, I'm going to be like, you got to come to work. Or they're going to be like, uh, oh, you know, cause so you'd yeah. rather be out and having fun. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, Bill, how can people uh, get a hold of you and and your company and see see the work you guys are doing?
1: Uh they can just find me on rkryman.com that's our website so rkryman.com they can find me on social media I'm bill ryman on Instagram bill ryman everywhere else LinkedIn Facebook you name it, uh, YouTube. And then also you can listen to me on the real build podcast and also check out me and Ben's episode of the real build podcast as well. <laughs> ben was on my podcast. So, uh, and that's the real build. And it basically I talk to show people what to look for and construction, real estate, every single thing involved in those businesses. I've had designers and you name it, designers, closet builders, drywall people, house, home builders, remodelers, realtors, everything. So they're all on there. Mortgage people, you name it. You can learn. <laughs> awesome.
0: Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you, Bill. really appreciate you sharing your
1: story. Yeah. Ben, thanks for having me on, man. Glad I can return the favor. This was fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening.
0: I hope that you've learned something from our guest today. The Ben Beard Show is sponsored by Redcliffe Homes. The purpose of this podcast is to help young professionals find mentors in this crazy construction industry that we're in. If you have a story to tell about your road to a successful career in construction, I'd love to hear it. Please like and subscribe to the podcast to hear from all of our amazing guests. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at The Benveer Show.